So, Berto, we have made a few episodes on the incel community, the red pill community, the MGTOW community. Incel, for people who don't know, this is the involuntary celibate men. Yep. MGTOW is men going their own way, the pickup artist community, the red pill community. These people are uh, very active on the internet and they are very upset with feminism. They're very upset with the way our country is headed that uh, devalues men and makes it impossible for men to get ahead and to get laid and to have a relationship. To get ahead and get head. There's a, these men are typically either uh, very, they feel very shunned by women in general. Right. And they will become, they will generalize about women quite a bit. And so we've made a few episodes. We made one recently uh, about the incel community, and we got a lot of responses, naturally. Um, but we got one that I wanted to read, so let's read that and respond. What do you say, Berto? Let's do it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. Who are you, Berto? My name is Humberto Castaneda, and I, I got to confess, I recently sold everything, and I started a new business. Oh. Um, so you know how you have hardwoods? Not hardwoods, hardwood floors. Yeah. And you're sitting there and like you walk on the hardwood floor and it's cold. Or you might have tiled floor and it's cold and it's always cold. And so I thought, well, what if I made things that you could put on the floor? Sort of like blankets, but like blankets for the floor. So that's, that's my new business venture. Awesome. So this first email or this only email that we're going to read is from Jeremiah. Jeremiah writes, I am a young incel that posts on incel.is. So incels.is is one of the places that people post if you're an incel. I consider myself an incel because of my below average appearance and the social reality of dating in 2018. For young men, attempting to attract women has been exacerbated by dating apps. For, for young men, sorry, for young men, attempting to attract women has been exacerbated by dating apps such as, I think they mean like uh, frustrated, <laughs> uh, by dating apps such as Tinder and OkCupid and the digital mode of communication superseding the traditional standard mode of pair matching. Hmm. The digital reality has enabled women, the sex that has final say in dating, to filter men according to rigid standards that the majority of men fail to meet. One woman with a phone has access to 200 chads in her area. By the way, they use the term chad to refer to men who get women. The, the, yeah, this was the surprise to me last time because I, when you said the word chad, I actually thought it's like, oh, a, like nerd. A, a nerd. Yeah. You're like, no, no, it's, it's the football player, the yeah. football captain. <laughs> so one woman with a phone has sexual access to 200 chads in her area regardless of her league or personality. Meanwhile, men are disadvantaged and being more desperate to attract women, turning to the pickup artist community and the red pill philosophy. Essentially, Western women continue to become more valuable regardless of their appearance or behavior, while men become increasingly devalued when pitted against one another in a massive digital instantaneous sexual competition. This parallels the growth advantages the, sorry, this parallels the growing advantages and privileges that women are provided with more women pursuing higher education than men in the U.S. and being less likely to die from homicide, to be homeless, etc. I consider these changes as mirroring the default sexual selection in nature, 
with females being highly selective and choosing to have sex with a small but genetically valuable pool of males. I found the points you made on pathology to be illuminating in your episode about incels, but I also think you might not have explored deep enough into the rationale and reasons behind the growing number of incel men, especially with the role of technology and how that permanently alters the way men and women relate to one another. Berto, what do you think? Right. Um, I, I got to say, it sounds tough. It sounds tough out there for a person who is uh, wanting to date, wanting to be in romantic relationships, and they look all around and they they it seems like everyone is just, you know, randomly getting laid left and right because of Tinder and all these things, and that the ones doing the laying are every woman with just like 10% or less of the men. Uh, I could see how that's very frustrating. Uh, I, I don't think it's real, like not to that extent. I do think some of it is real. Like certainly uh, a minority of uh, certain kinds of people are more attractive to a majority of people. That All you have to do is look at movies, look at actors, actresses, uh, right. certainly. <laughs> right, and you're saying this, but to put a fine point on it is there are attractive men and there are attractive women, right. whether they're hetero or gay or you know pan or whatever, and those very attractive individuals regardless of gender tend to have more options sexually yeah i mean do you remember all those uh ugly homely uh overweight starlets from the 50s and say like come on or the (laughs) ugly homely you know non-attract considered non-attractive women who are on tinder getting dates left and right well then so the okay but see in their perspective they are but they're not but they're not not only are they not you have to like the language pr- presumes that they shouldn't be right like cuz in the language it says they're getting these people regardless of their looks right but that implies that that shouldn't be the case if they don't look a certain way they shouldn't be getting a chad right <laughs> right if they are getting chads then great but they're not is the thing uh people who are considered unattractive in our society have a much harder time dating regardless of gender. Now, I do think, and maybe you could show me data to the contrary, but I would put money, and I think we've had this debate before, like if you lined up 100 random people, 100 men, 100 women, and therefore random as in, so you'll have a random distribution of looks. I do believe that the 100 women on average are going to be pickier than the 100 men on average. Right, because of socialization. Could be. But yeah. in either case, I just uh, but, feel but, like... But pickier yeah. in a sense, but, the, but what, what's not going to happen is that those 100, men, 100 women are going to all have sex. So the, 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 the supposition of this fellow and the you know, red pill incel community, big town community, is that women are... Well, let's get into the particulars because he makes a lot of claims here that I want to yeah. that I want to get into, and I find them to be extremely strange and foreign to me. That I have a hard time uh, refuting, even though I know that they're not true. So I'm going to try, but you know, he throws a lot of things in here that 
make no sense to me, but I have a hard time coming up with like a super compelling argument against it. Sure. Anyway, so let's look at, I'm going to break down your email here. So first off, you say that you're a young incel, meaning that you're involuntarily celibate, meaning that according to you, you wish you could have sex with women, but they won't have sex with you. And so you are therefore celibate involuntarily. Right. Um, yeah, as Berto was saying, and as I'll reiterate is, and as I've said before, in all the other episodes that we've done on incels and MGTOW and everything, it's totally fine if you want to be an incel or a MGTOW or, or you know, whatever. Um, one is like, this is how I identify. You join a group of people to get support, maybe get some helpful advice. But joining this, these communities, there is a massive amount of lies and propaganda in these groups. I, for the first time now, realize that this is almost, basically, it's a cult. You know, when you're in Scientology, you're in a group of people, and you are fed propaganda yeah. that is not true. And you are fed details and data, and you emerge out of that group spouting a bunch of bullshit that is just not true. Totally. And, and the same goes for the incel community. I have seen men emerge out of that group parroting all the exact same details yeah. they they parrot every they say everything the same they're like right. robots emerging from the factory right 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 and i'm like how did you get there and so by definition i'm like oh the propaganda in this group must be so pervasive and so strong and so apparently convincing which it is not to me <laughs> that it it just completely overwhelms these men yeah. and they emerge just completely convinced. So as a micro example, I, I think I might've talked about this before in the podcast, but uh, many years ago I tried to help a, a homeless kid. Um, yeah, yeah. And he, and, and one of the things I was shocked about is within his homeless community, the amount of misinformation that they perpetuate to each other. And, and and therefore, like you're saying, they sort of spout these truths. Like, like, like what? So one example was like, uh, oh, I, you know, I remember he's like, I can't get a license, so I can't get a job. Like, oh, well, why why can't you get a license? Well, I I don't even have a social security number. It's like, well, you do, and we can find out what it is. It's like, no, I can't, I can't. And like, but he had been told by people that know, meaning people, other homeless people, like, oh yeah, if you don't have a license, you can't get a job. And you can't get a license, so you can't get a job. So you're stuck in the homeless. <laughs> right. So I don't know about the homeless community, but that's interesting. And it would make some sense that this would happen as well. When you are suffering and you feel like shit, it's so much more satisfying to blame a scapegoat. Yeah. When you're Nazi Germany or you're Germany pre-Nazi, you're in the early 30s and your economy is tanking. Inflation is rising. Uh, unrest is rising. It's so much easier to blame the Jews yep. than it is to say this is our fault or right. this is a systemic problem that we have to all kind of chip in. It's so much satisfying to say it's the Jews' fault. Oh, it's not us. It's someone else. And it galvanizes groups of people right. because you have a, you hate someone. And yeah. it when you are in the Midwest and your economy of your town is tanking, it is so much more easier to blame the caravan right. than it is to say our skills are no longer 
necessary in our community. We have to change our industry, our education, our emphasis. Well, and then selection bias kicks in and it, it gives you a downward spiral effect. Right. So you, in this, in the same way, I'm convinced that's what this incel community is. There are so many problems that they are facing that are real problems. People in the Midwest are not assholes. Nope. They were, you know, they were victims of a changing political economic scape and also just changes of industry and, you know, and globalism, honestly. Um, other people benefited. Other people didn't benefit, you know, yep. and and the government didn't do enough to account for the shifts in these communities. And then you have people going on meth and, you know heroin and stuff to cope with the, you know, problems of poverty and everything. So, um, so it's real and the suffering of, you know, the suffering of the incel dudes is real. Yeah. They want romance. Every, you know, most people want romance, not everyone, but most people want romance. Most people want sex, not everyone. Most people want sex. Most people want to have fun and companionship and the self-esteem of having someone like you and be attracted to you. It's totally normal. When you don't get that, you're suffering. I get that. And that can be very frustrating. It can be very, very yeah. frustrating and very demoralizing. There is nothing worse for many people. There's nothing worse than waking up in the morning and realizing no one loves you and maybe no one ever will. Right. No one wants to have sex with you and maybe no one ever will want to have sex with you. This is a horrible thing. That as a society, we are not doing anything to help. We're not reaching out to these guys. We're not giving them any good answers. The answers we are giving them is just be yourself or get back on the horse and, you know, yeah. eventually you'll find if there's at a. First, you don't succeed. Get yourself up and try again. There's a, there's a lid for every pot, you know, like these are not untrue things. They're not bad advice, but they completely miss the target for some of these people yeah. because, uh, of the f problems that they face. I suspect that a lot of these guys, and, and so the other thing I just want to say before moving forward with this, with this line of thinking is that there's an equal amount of women suffering in the exact same way. It's not like men are the only ones sitting at home feeling like no one's going to love them. Right. Do you know how many fucking women in our society are sitting at home and or have given up on dating because no one will love them? Right. No one will want to have sex with them. Or when they do, it's like a one night stand and they don't want to actually hang out with yeah. them afterwards. Like that is a terribly demoralizing, lonely existence. And there are so many women in that boat. Right. Uh, so there's a, a large swath of our population that are suffering in this way. Like, like, like quick question. How, is the split of our population like, you know, 70% male, 30% female, or is it closer to 50-50? Yeah. It's right? 50. So if it's closer to 50-50, but the, the, the hypothesis is that like 10 or 5% of men are getting you know, that 50% of the population. Okay, let's go with that. So does that mean none of them are settling or does it mean that all these men are polygamists? Like, yeah. what's really happening here? Right, right, exactly. Mathematically, it doesn't make any sense. And so and I, 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 blame, I blame society partially for this in the same way that I blame the government and um, other institutions for not helping people in the Midwest change their industries enough. Um, 
we do not reach out to these people. We have no movies for them. We have no TV shows. We have no good advice for them. Right. We, therapists don't talk about this. We don't learn about it very much. It, it's sort of just like, well, just get out there. Start dating. Like, yeah, it's like the closest to a to the nerd that makes good in fiction is like Ted on How I Met Your Mother, who's a good-looking, well-off, successful person, architect. Right. <laughs> right? Right. He's like the nerd who sort of makes good. Right. Or, or Ross on Friends. <laughs> or Ross on Friends. Also a lawyer, right? And good-looking. And good-looking. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, you take someone who uh, is, you know, as he says, not attractive... Uh, maybe overweight, maybe uh, ha- has difficulty with social skills, maybe shy, maybe not, maybe has some kind of weird edges to his personality or her mm-hmm. personality where they get hostile sometimes. They get right. a little possessive sometimes. They uh, are unsure of themselves. They th- they're too much in their head, too much in social anxiety. Um, you know, they when they do manage to go out on a date, they come across as overly quiet or they don't listen very well because they're so nervous. Yeah. Um, maybe they smell bad cause they don't know how to, you know, put on deodorant or something. Um, their interests, uh, are too specific that no one can relate to them or something. There's so many things that can cause a man or a woman to have a hard time with dating. Yeah. That can that are very difficult to overcome, you know. For for other people, it's just a matter of, you know, power poses and wearing the right outfit and getting out there. And it's just like eventually you're going to find someone. For other people, there are distinct parts of their personality or the way that they look or how much they weigh or whatever that that make or even a disability like they don't have a leg sure. or something, sure. or they're in a wheelchair or something. You know, God knows. Uh, or they have autism or they, they're blind or something. You know, there, there's things that will right. automatically, there will be people will be like, ah, I don't know if I want to date someone like that, you know? Right, right, right. And, you know, it's already hard to meet the right person in the world. Uh-huh. And you throw like three or four of these factors into a person and it will seem impossible for those people to meet someone. It is not impossible, but it can be very much more difficult than it is for the average person particularly when they turn to the incel community and they start, you know, believing all this bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Because basically what this incel community is telling themselves is it's pointless. Like all the chads are vacuuming up all of the girls. The girls are, uh, they don't want to have sex with you. And and the girls know they can have sex with whoever they want. Right. Um, And purposely only choose the few chats. The whole world that they've constructed just seems so bizarre. Again, because the (laughs) mathematics, it's like, okay, so, you know, pick everyone between the ages of 20 and 30. Right. So, you know, and and honestly, their definition of Chad is actually more rare than even the 10%. I think it's like 1%. Yeah. So the 1% of guys, those guys get to have sex with all the women. Right. And then all the women, regardless of how good looking they are, they only have sex with the chads. And chads love women no matter what they look like. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> chats, the nice thing about chats, so we should be applauding chats to be fair. Yeah. They don't care about the surface. Yeah. They don't even care about the under the surface. Right. They don't care about anything. They just want to have sex with everything that moves. Right. So there's <laughs> so there's two ways of looking at even that that fallacy. Is one is that in a very coarse way, when people you know on a scale from one to ten, there are three. They tend to look for other threes because they're like, well, a, a six isn't going to like me. Okay, that's one way of looking yeah. at it. The other way of looking at it is. There's a wide variety of things that, are, that people are attracted to. Right. Some people are attracted to the chads. Some people are attracted to the big boned guys. Some guys are attracted to bears. Some hey, some are attracted to otters. You know, like there's right. there's a lot of different things that or some and some people are attracted to all of them and more interested in personality. So, you know, anyway. Like what if what if you're Danny DeVito? Rewind the clock. You know, the guy's like how like four feet tall. Uh, it looks a little trollish, you know, but he had, he was funny, right? And he became successful because he was a, a, a great comedic actor, you know? Um, and it's like, imagine telling him, rewind the clock and telling him, hey, because of how you look, just so you know, you're never going to be liked and certainly not going to have sex. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a good point to make. The, the main thing that, I suspect, and I, I, I'd love to see research on this, and I doubt there is any, is that I suspect, given the emails that I get from these guys, I suspect that a lot of these guys suffer from some significant impairment to their social skills. Uh -huh. I have seen guys who, like Danny DeVito, yeah. who absolutely manage to meet women and, and get to go out on dates. Yeah. So I, and I've gotten emails from incel, uh, red pill, MGTOW people, men who send me pictures of themselves proving to me that they're, that they're good looking. And it's, oh. and it's true. They are good looking. <laughs> like this one guy, I can't remember his name. Wait, wait, wait. But they feel that they're not? No, they, they're like, even though I'm good looking, I'm uh, not a women, somehow. um, you know, I don't know what they're, it's, um, well, what they would say oh, is that what they would say is that women are basically bitches. Wait, wait, wait. So, okay. So, I, I think I don't know that this is all the categories. I certainly I have I have one friend, for example, who is by any standard good looking, and but I think his personality makes it a little difficult for him to be uh, maybe considered quote unquote normal a normal dateable person, right? By some type of women, maybe right. And so I don't know. I, I, I feel like that. I'm. I feel like I'm kind of dateable. <laughs> no, so I could see that though. So you know, someone someone is in general at least decent looking, maybe even good looking, but but they have some aspects of how they interact with people that that maybe turn off a seg the segment of the population they're trying to interact with. Right. So for I can't remember because uh, it's so bizarre that just this sort of parroting of the propaganda that they say. But yeah, there, there's a fair amount of objectively good-looking guys in the MGTOW incel community yeah. who are having a really hard time. So I think what they would say is that the women are purposely avoiding relationships because they like to control men from afar. I think that's what they'll say. It's like, you know, I try to, I try to actually establish a relationship with some of these women and they refuse to become my girlfriend because they know 
they can just control me with their sex and they can control a, a lot of other men. And they know if they settle down with me, they can no longer control me and a bunch of other people with their sex. Mm. That's what they'll say. Weird. Very weird, right? Very strange. Now, do some women control people with sex? Yes. Do some men control people with sex? Yeah. Yes. It's, it has nothing to do <laughs> with gender. Okay. So let's take a break. When we get back, let's evaluate some more points that All he's right. making. All right, we're back from the break. We've done a lot of episodes on this sort of thing, and the re- and it takes a lot of time and emotional energy, to be honest. And one of the ways that we're allowed that time and energy is because people have become patrons of the podcast by going to patreon.com um, and actually, you know, to put it bluntly, giving us money so that we can take time away from our regular jobs yep. and dedicate it to this podcast. Um, for, for pennies a day. Yeah. A podcaster, you know, will not go hungry. Um, and it's really great when people will email in. They'll, they often will say something to the effect of, I really appreciate how much time you guys put into this. Right. So it's clear to people that we're not just blabbing. We, we you know, spend a lot of time researching and making sure that we're not just um, you know, haphazardly talking into the mic. Right. Well, I haphazardly talk into the mic. I didn't want to say it, but... <laughs> okay, so let's go over some of the claims here. So you say, uh, listener who wrote in, that women are privileged. And your evidence is that they go to college more now, they're less likely to die from homicide, and they're less likely to be homeless. Again, I assume this is incel propaganda, but here we go. Yes, it's true. Women are more likely to go to college, but why are they more likely to go to college? I don't know if we know the answer to that question. I don't think it's because men are being uh, discriminated against from applications. Right. I, I don't think that's why what's happening. Um, so now you could say that men are being pressured to get jobs earlier so they, don't, they can't go to college as fast, or men are socialized to not care about school in the way that women are socialized to care about school or something. I don't know. But I mean, you, so here's how you can play these games from any direction. Well, I know the reason why more women go to college because on average, women are smarter than men. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. I mean, don't smart people are the ones that get to go to college, right? Right. So it must mean that women are smarter than men. Right. So the incel conclusion is society is privileging women o- over men. Uh, you also bring up Men are more likely to die from homicide. Absolutely. Men are much more likely to die from homicide and, by the way, suicide. And, and by the way, who are, is it more likely that a woman shot them? Right. Um, and uh, does gender have to do with this? Absolutely. You know, men are socialized to be more violent when they're disrespected. Right. And Again, two can play this game. Yeah, I know it sucks. Men are more likely to die because men with their inferior IQ resort to brutish violence way more often than the intellectually superior women. Right. Uh, you also say men are more likely to be homeless. That's also true. Men are socialized to not ask for help, which leads to all sorts of problems, including addiction and you know extreme poverty in certain times. And so they're more likely to be homeless. Um, I mean, I don't know the research and the factors, but I, off the top of my head, I know men are socialized to not ask for help, and I'm guessing that's a factor in their being homeless. Um, 
So yeah, this is all true. Um, I don't see how this points to women are privileged, though. The fact that there are some uh, statistics where men are getting the short end of the stick right. does not mean that society is sexist against men. Right. It means that we have gender forces that influence behavior and factors that lead to outcomes. Right. But it doesn't mean that society is sexist against men. In order for us to be sexist against men, we have to, as a whole, on average, have policies and attitudes that uh, are based and behaviors that are based on the premise that uh, women or men are lesser, uh, less important, less interesting, less smart, less blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, uh, sorry, one quick thing. It, it, so if anything, the fact that we make men seem smarter can lead to them being more homeless because they think they should be able to do things on their own. Uh, privilege can result in these, in these things. When you privilege men, they, it can actually lead to homelessness and more homicide. There's no way to know because these are multifactorial outcomes, but um, I just want to point that out. Uh, so playing it both ways again. So if you look at a list of Forbes, uh, you know, richest Americans, for example, right? Uh, top 100 richest Americans. Uh, the majority are men. Why? We must be privileging the men, right? Because because according to you, any outcome... Any that, outcome that's not a 50-50 or maybe it shouldn't be 50-50? Is right. that the... Like, right. Like what it, so in, I, now, by the way... That is possible, right? But I think it's the over-concluding with a little bit of data. Right. Like right. You get a little bit of data right. and then you over-conclude. Well, you start with the conclusion, you pick the data. Sure, sure. So you start with the conclusion that uh, society is against men, and then you look for any statistic that uh, makes – that you know pseudo-supports that, i.e. any statistic that – it gives men the short end of the stick. Okay. Well, what, sorry. And what if we took it further and we said, no, no, actually, you're right. Society is against most men, but not against chads. We love chads. We just want more chads. Right. So, like, we just, you know. But, I mean, that's that's where you got to, like, at the very least, if you follow all these things to their conclusion, you have to end up with a model of the world that looks really weird. Yeah. 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 It, it, the acrobatics that yeah. they go through. Now, as I've said in other episodes, in the MGTOW episode, in the incel episode, I will absolutely agree that women have some privilege in some contexts. Absolutely. Sure. And our society and disingenuous feminists will fail to recognize this. Sure. But I'm telling you, absolutely. For example, women can be a nanny or a babysitter and not be accused of being a pedophile, right. even though there are women pedophiles right. and child molesters. I, when I was in my 20s, worked with young people as a part of my training to become a therapist, and I would get weird looks from people. Right. They, if I was a woman, would I have gotten weird looks? No, I, I would not have got weird looks. Women can admit that they have weird sexual fantasies without being accused of being a pervert in general. Right. I mean, we're, we're pretty bad about sexuality in general, but women can talk about, and I've observed this, where a woman, in a, especially in a group of other women, can talk about how, yeah, you know, sometimes I fantasize about spanking and I don't know, sometimes I masturbate about it. Yeah. And like that is seen as a liberation. Hot. That's not, well, <laughs> to some men it'll be considered hot because they'll, they'll sexualize it. But but in terms of poli politically speaking, sure. it'll be seen as women's lib. You go girl. Yeah, you go girl. Right. A man talks about 
how he likes to, you know, fantasize about spanking and how he masturbates. Right. And he's seen as a pervert. And it's also, I think our society, anything that has to do with a man talking about sex or things like that, in general, it's considered gross. Right. Like, dude, don't talk about that. Don't show, first of all, penis, gross. Right. Male nudity, gross. You having sex, gross. Anything with you and sex, gross. Every sitcom, like, punchline after punchline about, like, no one wants to see you that. No one, but a woman, oh, that's sexy. That's hot. That's great. That's right. So, sure, you can definitely... The, I mean, certain women, like, uh, as long as you're not the grotesque. And sure. But anyway, but yeah, so this is an example of how women are privileged and how men are not. Uh, women can walk away from a fight in a club and not have to lose their femininity. Right. Oh, no one's like, you are a chicken. <laughs> right. A man, and, and I have to tell you, even myself, who... I would like to think of myself as totally above that bullshit. Um, there is a good percentage of my soul sure. that cannot walk away from a situation. Sure, like right. That. <laughs> um, uh, in general, married hetero women can decide to not work if they want to not right. work much more easily than a married hetero man can. Yeah, because with a man, it's like, oh, oh, you don't, you don't work, right? So in you that, stay at home. So in that way. Um, in a you know certain limited way, women have more freedom, more privilege, uh, and men are more pigeonholed and and more forced, and that plays out in a lot of society. Women are privileged in family court when it comes to custody of their children, right. and this is a well known fact among judges yeah. and lawyers. Lawyers who obviously know because of their contact, they will say, "When I have a female client fighting for custody of a child." I'm 99% sure I'm going to get my way. Right. Um, even though the factors are the same. Um, in some contexts, women can say sexist things and get away with it. Like, for example, recently I was observing, a, I'm supervising teachers and, um, and one of my supervisees, I was observing his class. And there was a class discussion about, um, I can't remember how they got there, but the teacher was talking about how um, people would be looking for love in all the wrong places. Right. You know, the, you know, someone looking for love in all the... And a woman in the back of the class near me said loud enough that everyone could hear um, something like, oh, whoever said that, that must have been a woman who said that because, you know, men don't go through that. Oh. Like, I'm not even joking. That's wow. the tone she said it. She, like, announced it to the class in this super, like, snide voice. Wow. Like, men... Never look for love in the wrong places. Wow. Do you know how fucking sexist that is? <laughs> That's ridiculous. And, and how ignorant that is? Right. And you're a, you're a psychology student. You're going to be a therapist right. who presumably half your clients are going to be male and you have that much sexism in your bones. Right. Like when I heard that, I was like, whoa. Uh. Like one, okay, you said that. And two, like... In a therapy class, you said. Right. And and we weren't talking about gender. You know, people weren't fired up about anything. What was the reaction? Well, was so, reaction? so that's where the privilege comes in. I see. No one did anything. I see. Including me, including the male sure, teacher. Sure. We talked about it afterwards because he was like, remember when she said that? And right. I was like, yeah, that was pretty awful. And he's like, should I have done anything? But if it had been a guy that said something like that, it right. would have been, yeah. Okay. Chastised. So in some contexts... Yeah. Women have privilege. And uh, right. and an incel MGTOW person right. is not disingenuous by pointing to that and saying society is not addressing this. Right. And they're not supporting men in these situations. And they're not being acknowledging of this. Right. And that's bullshit. And I fucking agree with that. Yeah. Like one of my uh, 
gripes of wrath uh, for a long time is how in sitcoms, movies, and and pretty much everything for the last uh, 20 years uh, or 30 years, I don't know, or more, I don't even know, the guy, the husband, is usually pretty clumsy and sort of a goofball and like oh honey you know and yeah. the, the the mom is like smart and she's organized and she's yeah. got her stuff together and ultimately if it comes to life or death you're gonna want to be next to the mom but the dad is lovable he's just a lovable goof like homer simpson and everything right yeah. al bundy all these things um okay well that permeates and that perpetuates itself, right? Right. And so then people start filing, f- filing or f- filling those roles in that way. Right. And that is unfortunate because right. we don't want uh, parental figures that are like that. Well, part of the reason why it's funny that that uh, yeah. trope is because men are so privileged. Yeah. Uh, like I've I've noticed that when it comes to Asian Americans who are barely represented in media in TV and movies. Um, 20 years ago, whenever you had an Asian character, as an Asian person myself, I would notice that character and I'd go, oh, you know, how are they going to write this character? They would always write the Asian character as a good person. They they were always good. You know, (laughs) they were always, you know, they never did anything bad. They were never the villain. They, you know, I mean, in general, general, you know, because people just felt really shitty for Asians, okay? <laughs> As Asians are becoming more mainstream and more humanized, we're starting to see more Asian characters who are, who are villains or stupid in some way. Right. Like in The Hangover, uh, the, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his face? from bad from, communi- from Community, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, uh, the character has bad qualities, right. you know? And it's because as a society, we're a little less... Uh, guilty of the way we're treating. So when we are seeing men so privileged and so powerful and so assumed to be smart and so, you know, have so much agency, it's funny to see that flipped on its head and see a man completely not having any power. But I agree that when you repeat that over and over again, uh, you know, family guy, um, not family guy. Yeah, family, family, guy. family guy. And and basically... Uh, King of Queens. Right. South Park, even, which I love. I mean, I love all these shows. I love all these things, right? But yeah, all but the guys... It is, it, all the, yeah. the guys are, are idiots. Yeah. Um, okay, so I agree that that is a thing in our society. And of course, stereotyping and gender politics harms everybody. And it is a problem that we're not acknowledging it in general, and particularly we're not acknowledging it in men. And we need to change that because because no one should be suffering in that way, and we shouldn't be perpetuating that unfairness towards anybody. And we got a massive problem on our hands. I agree, men can be underprivileged in some situations, but men also have privilege. You at least have to argue in some MGTOW people that they have as much privilege as women <laughs> at the very least. But, you know, uh, data shows, and it doesn't take a genius to look at the gestalt of the data and know that women are much less privileged than men overall. Um, you pointed out, you know, top 100 Forbes people, right. most 99 of them are going to be men um, or 90 of them will be men yeah, or yeah. something. Um, every branch of the government in every society – Throughout history, 
completely dominated <laughs> by by men. Our Senate is what ninety men, ten right. women or something, yeah, yeah. five women or something. Um, so just just let that sink in. Every society in yeah. every era of history around the world, every branch of government, you know, ninety nine point nine 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 percent men. Okay, so let's just let's let that sink in. Okay, that's power. Okay. <laughs> Uh, nearly every position of power, whether it be generals or CEOs or teachers right. or you know superintendents or presidents of universities, again, ninety nine in every society and throughout history, almost right. all entirely men. Um, even today, it's dominated. I mean, I remember as a kid, I was probably like ten years old, and it's at the time when I'm starting to realize the differences between boys and girls. Like when I was really young, I didn't really differentiate. I had friends that were boys. I had friends that were girls. Right. But at a certain point, it's like you start realizing, oh, they're boys and they're girls. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm in the boys and the girls go over there. And I remember laying at night. I remember distinctly, I'm like, you know, trying to fall asleep, but I'm just daydreaming. And I'm like, so I'm a boy. And what does that mean about like my self-esteem or where I fit in in the world. And I started thinking, well, men are good at, they're the astronauts, huh. they're the presidents, right, right. they're the police officers, they're the military guys, right. they're stronger, they're taller, right. they're, they're smarter, you know. Uh, and even the, I remember, I remember saying this, even the jobs that are for women, like cooking and being a teacher, the best ones are male. The best ones are men. Right. The best cook in the world is a man. Right. The best teacher in the world is a man. I remember thinking there isn't a single section of the, like be, the best right. medical, per, most medical people are women, nurses, but the best medical people are the doctors, which are men. Yeah, when you say doctor, you assume a man just right. walked in the room. Especially hey. in the 70s and 80s, right? A, a white male back then, especially. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I concluded that uh, I remember thinking this because I'm just no one was teaching me I was just looking at the world I concluded that men are better than women in every way I came to that conclusion just looking at our society think of what it's like to be a girl and you're growing up and you're like men are better than women in almost every way wow they're better politicians they're better athletes they're better teachers. They're better cooks. They're they're taller. They're smarter. They're more capable. Right. They, their their ideas are better. Like this is an obvious part of our society and every society that we know of around the right, world right, right now. Um, and and inevitably they at some point they go, well, I guess the one part I can use is my if they have what they think are looks is like, I can use my looks because it seems like that's a thing. You know, it seems like for women. good looking women do something. Right. You know? be, well, even though many women don't want to be seen that way. Right. No, but still, I'm saying but, in that but same... If, but if they want power, right. Yeah, in women. that same exercise, mental exercise, which I hadn't even thought of, is like, wow, the the horrible lopsidedness of it all, yeah. right? Right, and it's still true today to some extent, but definitely true in the past more so, was that for women, they would say, the only way I'm going to rise to power, so to speak, is right. if I marry a powerful person, Yeah, because I don't have that available to me. And therefore, I just need to look as good as possible at all times. Well, until, yeah, and attract someone that is yeah. powerful. 
So research shows that men's men opinions are valued more. They they've done multiple studies evaluating you know the exact identical statements in experiments from men and women to an audience of participants, and the participants will men and women will value the men the man's opinion more. Uh, men's assertiveness will be labeled as assertive and powerful and good. Whereas women, when they do the exact same experiment, they're the exact same way assertive. They'll get, they'll be labeled bossy and bitchy. Yeah. But that's because they're bossy and bitchy. Yeah. In many occupations, not all, of course, men are more likely to be hired and promoted. Obviously, you know, right. there's, there's exceptions to that, like being a nanny or a nurse or something. Okay. So just a couple more. So I hope that puts to rest the issue of, stereotyping and sexism in our society. Men are much more likely to be the benefit of sexism in our society. And there are absolutely moments and institutions and movements in our society that are sexist against men. Yep. Here's another claim. Women have the final say in dating. What do you say about that, Berto? That's that's what he said. Okay, I mean... Again, in my example where you line up two groups, 100 people of each sex, and you sort of have them go at it to decide who dates what and what, uh, I, I do think on average, just from my experience, on average, I would imagine the 100 women would be more picky than the 100 men. So you could say that there's a, a slight... But picky picky to the first date or picky to the... I don't know. I'm probably full of shit in any of this. It's totally full of shit and you know that it is because because you know plenty of men who are very picky about who they are in a relationship with. You know plenty of men who have lots of women coming to them and they're like, nah. And you know plenty of women who are you know fairly indiscriminate about who they are in a relationship with. You know what I mean? Yeah, probably yes. I, I guess... In your head, the stereotype stands in that women are very prissy and very selective. But it's like when you actually look at the dating world in Seattle, like, you know, it runs the gamut. Certainly there are picky men and picky women. There are non-picky men, non-picky women. Okay, let let me take a different angle. But this actually doesn't absolve the the incel side. What it might be is that if I am right... And I know that you would argue this, I think, but if it is true that the average man is more, at, at least during a certain age range, or maybe, I don't know, is more sexually obsessed, meaning more obsessed with having sex more often, then then I could see there being something in here. Because yes, uh, like given a situation during a work day, the average woman might be less thinking about sex constantly than the average man. Therefore, she's she's more okay with going home by herself than the other person. I could see that being a thing. Okay. And, and at least you got to admit that at, at certain age ranges, that might definitely become the case. Like, But most people... Uh, so, so one, we're talking about, about a bell curve. There are yeah. plenty of women who are totally obsessed with sex and, sure. and love it all the time Definitely. and want it all the time. Definitely. And there are plenty of dudes who are like, eh, you yeah, know, right. sex. Well. Um, we can, but what we can say is that there isn't much difference between men and women in terms of wanting companionship. Yeah, that's fine. And most people are interested in monogamy. <laughs> yeah. So most, I guess- most men and women are like, 
man, I if they're not if they're not in a relationship, they yeah. want to be in a companionship. They want a boyfriend or girlfriend. Right. They want a spouse. Yeah, yeah. They want a companion, and uh, that you know. So to say that women have the final say in dating, yeah, that's unfair. Is in, it's not accurate. Yeah. Um, Everyone has the final say in dating. Like men and women can <laughs> can say no to something. I wonder if they're saying it because, like, you know, I have to propose on my knee with the ring, and the woman's the one that gets to say yes or yeah, no. Yeah. So, so that's part. Well, you know, more specifically, I, you know, in our society, women are socialized to attract and wait, and men are socialized to pursue. Maybe that's the, maybe that's and, where this and, is coming and, from, and so it puts a lot of fucking pressure on men to to make the first move and to be the one reaching out. You know what I mean? And and that causes a lot of problems. Now, yeah. of course, there are you know exceptions to that. There are plenty of women who reach out as well, but in general, it's 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 socialized to be the man, and so it puts when you add up what I assume to be a bunch of men who have some social skill issue or social anxiety or some kind of hostility or aggression that comes out when they talk to people. Um, actually, I, that's what I think when I think about this group and when the, of the group that I, of the individuals that I've actually treated individuals that were in this community. My perception of them was that they either had, they had one of two things. One was either massive social anxiety and match that up with the fact that they grew up with awkward parents who were weird, not like terrible, but just kind of nerdy, you know, geeky, you know, parents who made kind of dumb jokes or just didn't really fit in. Their parents didn't fit in with their peer group and they socialized their kids in such a way that the kids grew up to also not fit in with their peer group. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so, so you match up social anxiety and just being socially kind of weird, you know, it's goofy and not knowing how to say things that, are sort of commonly acceptable in most circles. So that, so there was either that person, which can easily be overcome with just some coaching or uh, finding another weirdo to, to be a companion with. There's plenty of women weirdos, you know? Um, So it was either that, or it was another thing. The person might be suffering from PTSD or something that drives a hostility and aggression Mm. that, becomes noticeable to people when you interact with them. You yeah. know, pe- people who are generally hostile and generally aggressive, when you inter- interact with them, you feel it. Even if you're not dating them, you know, you just sort of feel like this guy this guy has some anger in him, you right, know what right. I mean? And I think if you are a woman and you like a guy like that and you go on at a couple of dates, you, you might be like, uh, there's something about this guy that kind of sure. wigs me out. And that's not the fault of this person, but you could imagine how you 10 years of trying to date and it's not working. You go to the incel community and you're like, um, these guys are aggressive and hostile. Like, like the way I feel on the inside, you know? (laughs) And yeah, it's true. Women are bitches. You know, they keep up, they keep, you know, rejecting me and all they want to do is have sex with all those chads, you know, all the time. And it, 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 you could see how that could happen. Right. Right. There's also uh, another thing is that if you if you want to not put on an act, then you need to be willing to wait till you find someone who's into the same stuff that you are. 
you know, or at least compatibly so. And what I mean by this is, look, I honestly think a lot of the quote unquote chads or the people that are out there dating casually and just kind of trying to literally just kind of go on dates to have sex and things like that. I I just kind of think that a lot of it is an act. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying they're not every time opening themselves up, their deepest secrets and finding true love. No, no. They go... They have a they have their act down. They go and they say the right things and they 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 don't say the wrong things and and they pretty much go through the motions and then they they have sex and then they move on. And but you know, one of the things that might be challenging is when you're really into things that you're passionate about and you want to bring those into that casual dating environment, those might overwhelm people. I I've experienced this. You know, if like think about the things I'm into, right? So if I go on a date with the average woman out there, they're going to feel like they might think I'm interesting, but not for them. Because what's going to happen is I'm going to be like, oh, my God. So are you into Neil Gaiman? Like, have you read The Sandman? They're like, I think I might have heard of it. Uh, Okay, well, let me tell you about the second book, because the second book, there's this whole sequence with a serial killer convention. And I said, like, like, well, this guy's talking about serial killers, about grabbing, like, I don't even know what this is. But for me, I'm like, well, that's what I like, right? right? So if my goal was just to have kind of a casual night and then hopefully go have sex with the average person out there, and not even girls, like if I was trying to date guys, same thing. The average person wouldn't be into the weird things that I'm probably into. Yeah, very good. The other thing I'll, I'll say is that for people who are lonely, men, they, especially in the incel community, that the assumption that's the propaganda that seems to be perpetuated in this group, which honestly is in the larger society as well, is that it's all about fucking. It's all about sex, right? right. It's all about like bagging babes and that's the life, right? Yeah. Being able to bag as many babes as possible. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, you know, talking to people who have had that lifestyle, that is not a sustainable lifestyle right. for a number of reasons. Um, chief of which is that it doesn't it doesn't ultimately meet your needs. Right. Certainly, you have sexual needs that might be able to be met through that, but sex with random people can is a crapshoot. It can be terrible. One, right. uh, two. Uh, the main thing that we want is attachment. We want to have people who love us. We want to love someone else. We want loyalty. We want stability. And we also want sex. But the main thing that people want is attachment. And so because men are socialized to only want sex and to deny their attachment needs because they're supposed to be the lone gunman who can do everything on their own, these incel guys over-focus on sex. Yeah. They're like just, you know, all the chads are having sex with all the women, and then they enter the pickup artist community, and they're like, we we bag all the babes, and I'm, and I, I'm just watching these people. I'm just like, what kind of weird sort of version of psychology and human needs are you, like, being driven by? Yeah. You know, yeah, okay, sex is great, but, man, when you have someone that loves you, that is where it's at, man. Right, <laughs> like right. when you have someone who loves you and is loyal to you and sticks by you and is there for you and listens to all your stupid stories, like that is the life, man. And you get to have sex with that person, great, you know? Yeah. But, you know, the thing, the main thing is attachment. And the, the incel people, it's just like the way they talk about it, it it's like they've overfocused on sex. And then when they do try to improve their life, 
they'll go into the pickup artist community, which proposes they should bag as many babes as, right. as possible. Well, imagine that you were into basketball, playing basketball, and your whole life, you go to work, you come home, you change into your basketball clothes, and for two, three hours, you go to the park, and you have pickup games with new people pretty much every time. Well, you're going to have your basketball needs met. And during those games, you're going to have a lot of fun probably with those people, but you don't see those people again. And occasionally you're going to get some bad players who and foul all the time all things, right? or, or call fouls. But no question, your basketball itch is going to be being scratched. But that's not all there is. Right. You're going to feel lonely. Right. Imagine if you had a group of guys or women that you played with frequently and afterwards you went out for a beer and talked about things and during the game you could bond in that way and yeah that's where it's at a good metaphor bro okay so uh, to conclude the thing that i often hear from the migtow and sell red pill people is and you say this you i think this is a quote all of this compels men to join the pickup ours community and the red pill philosophy as if you have no choice. You absolutely have a choice. There are so many other options available to you. You can simply not join one of these groups, which I have to tell you are fringe cults that are echo chambers of some of the weirdest propaganda I've ever heard. Um, so there are lots of other things you can do. But I get it. As I say in all these episodes, you know, you're suffering. You feel lonely. You've tried many things. Nothing has worked. No one is listening except for the incel MGTOW community. They're listening to you. They're validating you, which is a good part of that community, honestly. The Pickup Arts community, a good part of that community is that they validate the feelings of these guys, mm-hmm. but they follow it up with this propaganda. And guess what? The propaganda keeps you in the group. That's why the group sustains itself. It's the same with Scientology or any other cult. They, at first, you come in and they say, I understand you. I'm with you. I get you. Here, you know, I see you. And you feel so good about yourself. And then they say, here is the way out. Or here is the philosophy that I found that saved my life. And Sometimes those philosophies can be liberating and sometimes they're, they're a fucking cage and that's what this is. You know, uh, there are so many other options. Finding other people to hang out with, uh, trying to problem solve what's going on. I had a friend of mine that I grew up with whom I loved. I, he was he, Chris File. <laughs> yeah. You know Chris File. I loved that guy. I probably shouldn't say his name, but anyway... I grew up with him and we we lived together in college and afterwards. And one of the things that um, me and all my friends, like the 30 of us noticed was that we loved him so much, but he had a really hard time with dating. I see. Like women would like him at first, but third date, it was like, it would always fall apart. Oh, interesting. And it was so mind boggling to us because we thought, you know, Chris was this the great bees knees. yeah he, he's super nice yeah he, he, he's he's not mean if anything he's too nice and so then i became a therapist and i sort of set my sights on him as trying to figure out like what is wrong like right. how come this is happening and 
it was a process, you know, there was, I, I, me and him worked on this with our team of 30 <laughs> friends, uh, for years, you know, we're just like, you know, so what are you doing on the second date? Yeah, like, a witch point. Let's film you. What's yeah. The- what's exactly happening? And, and, you know, it, it was very subtle, I think, what he was doing. But what I think he was doing was he was, he, it was almost like he was moving too fast or something. Yeah. There was like the slight little rapid sort of movement to his, you know, like on the second date, he, he would, he would he would give off a vibe like he's super open to them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 it would it would come across as too strong, I think, to right. people. Now, to me, I knew file as just being this open book. He's just he doesn't edit himself. He's yeah. just he is who he is. He doesn't hold back. He and and he's a good person, so he doesn't need to hold back, right. you know what I mean? But I think to women on the second and third date, it was very off-putting because they didn't know how to interpret it dude i can i mean I, I can totally relate to this like as i've said before again so if if i was trying to be as successful as possible as many times as possible in the dating scene i really would have to be putting on an act a lot and it would be exhausting personally because me the way i am uh, like what i found is the women that are into me they are super into me and it's effortless for me, meaning I can be myself, right? And it's just not a majority of women. It's like a, it's like yeah. a niche. And, and, you to know? Put, and to put a you know, fine point on this is that it's, it's true for, men, for women too. Right. When women are dating, they have to do the same thing. Right, right. You know, what the incel MGTOW people will be like, women can do whatever they want and men have to grovel. No. Women grovel too. Right. And I, I guess what, what I'll say is what I do agree that there are some, so I know, I know at least one person in my circle that when we were coming up, growing up, pretty much any type of woman was sort of into this person. At least somewhat sort of. The, the, with the exception is like once they got to know him, then they would split into the women that thought he was I think I too, know what you're talking about. Yeah, like too too uh overt sexually or something. But but a lot of women just liked him. And and so it was up to him to ruin his own chances after that with his behavior. Yeah. But initially the first few dates or whatever, like it was it was easy for him to have success, right? Um and I think I watched him a lot of times because I installed cameras and no, just kidding. I just watched his behavior and I and I saw how people and really what it was is he had sort of a a neutral, kind of a neutral personality when it came to, and I don't mean it wasn't exciting. It was just like there wasn't anything too controversial about it other than maybe sexual overtness, right? That was the one thing. But it wasn't like I'm into weird D&D or I'm into, the, like it was always very neutral stuff, right? And that seemed to work. Was he a good listener? I did probably actually yes yes. So and, that's the key. Yes. That's the key in sell MGTOW people. Yes, very good listener. Are you a good listener? Yeah. And in fact, I was a terrible listener. Yeah. And so I I think that probably the the successes that I had with women were in spite of all my flaws. Like they just happened to be so into me that even with all my flaws, they're like, yeah, I love this. Whatever this weirdness is, I love it. <laughs> but if I had been being coached. Someone would have been like, listen, man, you're not listening at all. Yeah. You know? Right. 
So there are many, uh, and by the way, my friend Chris has been happily married for a long time. He he found someone to go beyond the third date, <laughs> and they have they have a great relationship. So, um, but uh, my point is is that in that moment, he if he had if he was a different guy and was right. more aggressive or something, and the incel community existed back then, like he he might have he might have been a candidate for someone sure. who would be attracted to that, but he didn't. What he did do is he was like, well, just keep forging forward. Eventually, I'll find someone. Right. Because right. that that he he was never he was never bothered by the fact that you know uh, it was it was harder for him. He yeah. never got frustrated. He was just like, well, you know, things will work out, and they did. You right. know, uh, and he had fun, and he you know he had friends, and he had a good time in life, and uh, he just kept going. You know, yeah. and, and eventually he found someone. They got married, and so. The, that's my point is that there are men and women who have either uh, they're not traditionally attractive or they're not their personality isn't traditionally smooth, shall we say. Yep. And, you know, there are things you can do to alter things, try to maybe work out a little bit more, do your hair a little bit oh, more. Oh, you know, we should uh, say, like, there is a minimum bar that if you're not trying to do that, well, then the onus is on you. Why do you expect society has to bend to whatever? Right. So I think that's I think that's one of the factors that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. Is that men have been socialized in our society, particularly people who I think are a little simple-minded, shall I say, about, yeah. about gender, that men are entitled to things. Yeah. You know, D- Don Draper just walks into a room and gets the babe. Right. Gets the job, gets the deal, gets the apartment. Right. You know, Donald Trump just grabs women by the pussy. Yeah, because when you're famous, though. Superman just, you know, like uh, Jerry Seinfeld just gets the girl, right. you know. Uh, Chandler just get you know. There's just this thing of that, that's, that is told to you, especially, I guess, in kind of these 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 shows, like in, like in Friends, Chandler was sort of a doof and the girls were smart, you know, so it's like even the doofy guy who makes mistakes still gets the girl. In the I think that's even the most damaging. It's the John Cusick effect Yeah, that you watch, you grow up watching these movies and you're like, and I, I believe this, my mental model of how I was supposed to get the girl was the say anything mental model, right? It's like, oh, okay. It doesn't matter how eclectic or, odd I am. The thing is, I just got to do this grand gesture and then the girl is like, oh my God, I see it now. Yeah, and you ride off into the sunset, Clint Eastwood, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so, that's what's been pumped into our heads. That's right. Again, especially if you're a little simple-minded when it comes to gender. And you also, so not only with women, but you're also told that about jobs and money and cars. Right. You're just supposed to, men are just supposed, especially if you're a white guy, you're just supposed to walk into life and get everything. And fucking A, that's not true. Right. <laughs> like, the world does not work that way for anybody, men or women. And then you, as a man, you're 25 years old and you're like, wait, I'm, I, I have, I've, I'm still a virgin. Right. Um, I have a shitty job at Amazon where I'm working 60 hour 60 hours a week and I'm getting paid not that much and I have no friends no one's hanging out with me I'm playing video games all day and 
I don't think a woman is ever going to have sex with me. I've tried and failed many times. So what what happened? I was sold a bill of goods. Right. I was told as a kid that I was great. So what the fuck happened? It must have been feminism. It yeah. must be feminism. That must be the reason. Right. And guess what? When you're in an echo chamber on the internet- That's the and, reason. And 50% of people on the internet are in this community, as far as I'm concerned, or right. at least a, a much huger you know, proportion, particularly people who post things and know how to use it. Well, guess what? They cherry pick YouTube videos of feminists just going nuts. Yep. You know, I, I wouldn't even call them feminists. I would call them nuts who call themselves feminists. And then they're like, oh, I get it. That's the scapegoat. It's feminism. That's what did it. That's why I'm not getting laid. That's why I'm depressed. That's why I'm sitting at home with pizza boxes strewn about. That's why I have no prospects. That's why my, my life sucks. Right. That's why I'm not done. Because Don, back in the old day, Don, I would have been Don, Don Draper. Don Draper's day, they didn't have fucking feminists, and now they do, and that's why. Right. And that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so many people, men and women, are sitting at home with pizza boxes strewn about, wondering how they can like manage to get a relationship with someone, or even just get laid, for, 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 for that matter. And they're sad and they're depressed and that's real and there's no easy answer to that. But go to a therapist who is uh, sensitive to these things. Yep. Don't go to the incel group. Don't go to the MGTOW group. Try to distance yourself from the propaganda in your head. There is a way out. There are many ways to get your needs met. There, There is a path. There is a way. And it is not in the incel community as far as I'm concerned. It's not in the pickup. There, I think there are certain slivers of the pickup artist community actually that might be helpful because I think there, there are certain non-misogynistic slivers of the pickup artist community. Uh, but most of it is still fairly misogynistic and really just misguided and focused too much on sex. Um, therapy can help. Maybe there's groups that you can go to. I don't know. Talk to me. As I say in all these episodes, email me about it. But when you email me, try to listen to what I'm saying, okay? What? Don't just email me like, you don't fucking get it, Kirk. It's like, I hope by now you get, I fucking get it, okay? Uh, I, I've, laid it, I've laid it out. I've, I've disemboweled all the arguments, okay? So if you, if you want help, get rid of the propaganda in your head. Feel free to ask me questions. I will absolutely answer and provide support. You know, if you if you are like, you know, how do I get out of this? How do I meet people? You know, what do I say? You know, like, what do you think my problem is? You know, let's problem solve it. Let's let's figure it out. Right. It, you know, that's that is a wonderful conversation. Let's start from scratch and say, like, well, let's take an inventory. You know, what's going on here? You know, is it your attitude? Is it your social anxiety? Is it your aggression? Is it that you talk too much about your fucking self and you don't listen? <laughs> Maybe you don't yep. ask enough questions. Yeah. Um, maybe you're trying too hard, you know? Maybe you're too pushy or too desperate or I, something. I also think the, uh, you know, what if you could use all that energy to create? Create something. Create something, put it out there, use the energy for that. Because the worst case scenario is you put your energy towards something that you created. That's the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is you're Stephen King. 
And trust me, Stephen King could get a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or more specifically, like you create visual art and you could even make visual art about the fact that you're lonely yeah. <laughs> and you have a hard time getting women. And you will go, it, you know, you start meeting other artists and blah, 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 and, you know, things get loosened up and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it's not that easy. It's not like just become a painter and you'll find someone. Yeah. Uh, it's a multifactorial thing that I'm guessing there's a lot of specifics that are unique to individuals who are having troubles with this, men and women, by the way. So, incel MGTOW people out there, I get more emails from women talking about this problem than men. More women will contact me saying, I have a hard time meeting people. Mm -hmm. And when I do, things often go badly and I'm lonely and I can't find someone who is compatible or who will love me in in the way that I want to be loved. Yeah, I always, this is the part that actually trips me up because my impression, and I think I'm right about this, is that looks matter more for women, meaning a woman has to be better looking than a guy has to be. Yeah. Because... I mean, just look at Billy Joel and Christy Brinkley. Right. Because 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 the... And, and maybe this is unfair or whatever, but because the the power part plays a role when it comes to the male, the women being attracted to the male. Well, that, that's, that's obviously one way of looking at it, which uh, socially speaking, we've socialized people to that. But another... A way of looking at it is that women, men are socialized to value their self-esteem based on how good looking their, their hetero wife is. Okay. Women are not socialized to be that way. So women are uh, freer in their psychologies to be attracted to the whole gestalt of a man if they're hetero. You know what I mean? You, by the way, I, I do one bone to pick. I agree with you that we cannot prove conclusively how much is genetic, whatever. But you always default to socialized. Well, I just know that we're socializing people. I don't know if biology plays a role. Right. It could, because, because, but I definitely know we're socializing people that way. Sure, yeah, but but because I I I say that because it's not hard to see that in almost every animal community, the dominant creature ends up commanding a lot of things within the the group and so it's probably a very very long but we also see in our species and other species that are similar to us that monogamy tends to emerge sure so that completely flies in the face of one man gets all the women no no but i'm not saying that i'm saying that that the thing like like in, in any little pocket of uh, most mammals we could study, power plays a role in, in, in a lot of aspects of their, of their, of their pocket. Yeah. Who gets to lead the, the pack or who lets, gets to you know, have the, the first pick of the, yeah. of the females and or things those like that. things could have been socialized too. But my, I, I get your point that I, and yeah. I guess it's good that you're pointing this out. I'm not denying biology. Yeah. I'm just absolutely affirming society. Sure. Uh, biology probably does play a role. Well, I guess but okay. I sorry. just I just don't know There's how one, much of a role it plays. There's one more thing, which is that I think that sometimes by saying that it's socialized, the implication is that we can change it, and I I I think that's true of some things, but I think that's not true of everything. No, and I'm glad you're pointing that out too. Uh, that is a fallacy. Yeah. To, people will you know it's a similar argument of like, well, it's all in your head, yeah, or it's psychosomatic, right? As if all you have to do is just change your mind. Right, right. 
right? Nothing could be farther from the truth. The fact that it's socialized is it's in your personality now, you know, you have been, I've been socialized to speak English. Can I, can I ever speak fluent Chinese, Mandarin? No, I cannot. There's no possible way a 45, 47 year old uh, American English man (laughs) can in his lifetime, learn how to speak Mandarin. Because why? I've been fucking socialized right, right. to speak English and right. not Mandarin. Right. It's socialization. I cannot change that. Right. So it's not changeable. But you had the genetics to be able to even learn a language. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I think, I mean, this has nothing to do with this point, by the way. It was just that I, I think a lot of them come at it from the, this is way deeper than men and women. This is about animals. You know, they say, like, look, this is how it works in the animal kingdom, too. What do you mean, the incel people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, they're not even, they're almost not even complaining about it. I mean, they are, but they're almost saying, like, woe be me. This is the way the universe works. Right. Well, that's what he he said. Like, that's one of the claims he said. It's like, well, this is natural. And I'm like, uh, I think you're mistaking us with gorillas. Well, that's, and that's exactly what I would say. It's like, let's, let's even for a second concede the point. Even if we didn't, let's concede the point. It's absolutely natural. The thing that humans have done historically is go against the, the, this is where I do agree with you. It is only through socialization and then written transfer of that socialization and oral, written and oral transfer, that we have subverted the natural instincts of, in so many ways. Right. Like, it, it could be argued that we're, our natural state is to be much more uh, indiscriminately violent Sure, uh, in smaller communities where the rule of law isn't very you know, prominent, uh, people can be quite violent. Yeah. Um, we, are, as a society, have decided to uh, try to curb that, and uh, we've managed, yeah. from my memory of the research. Anyway. Um, well, no, it makes sense, because, like, you, you, you have parents uh, constantly reinforcing to the young children, no, don't hit Bobby. No, don't take the toy away. No, don't. No, don't. No, don't, right? And we're only doing that because we ha- were also taught that way by our parents. Well, not only that, but imagine if you and I lived in a tribal community with, you know, 50 people right. and there's no police and no law, no judicial system, no prison. Right. And you and I were friends and we had the one gun in town. Right. And we were bigger and stronger and some piddly guy down the street decided to talk shit about us. Um, you know, we would have an urge even right. in our society to go mess that guy up. Yep. But imagine if we could just walk down the street and shoot him or right. provoke him. So we could shoot him and completely get away with it and maybe even take his car because now that he's dead, it's like, well, he shouldn't have talked shit to me. Like right. that's, an emergence of behavior that seems to be in some small communities. And so anyway, the point to you is that we, uh, through many examples have shown that we can subvert our quote unquote natural state or wherever sort of traditions we come from. Like chimpanzees don't think twice about, wait, should I bash this other chimpanzee's head in with the bone right now? They don't have debates about it, right? Like, like, well, I don't know. Is that ethical? No, no. It's like, oh, intruder. Everyone, boom, beat. 
Well, dead. I think chimp people would say that chimps are socialized and do learn ethics but it, this and is only, fairness, not not to the extent that humans do. But, but that's that's the point. That only makes that 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 little sliver that we see only points out the fact that most of them, like they're they're being led some large percentage from their just their the genetics component well, instincts, and then they're being subverted a little bit by by. But we humans are being subverted. A hell of a lot more. Yeah. But yeah. So what's the final advice that you might have for incel? I, I've people? said this before, I'm gonna say it again. Take up meditation. Uh maybe look into things like uh Buddhism. Uh, tr- like the go read about the beginning. And you might already know this, so if I'm preaching to the choir, great. But take up meditation. Work on yourself. Like start uh, you know what? Listen to Jordan Peterson about those parts. Clean your room, get in physical, better shape, maybe improve your diet. Just just love yourself. It's the greatest love of all. Love yourself. Along the way, it is more likely than not that this will help you have more uh, rich relationships with others, including with the opposite sex. So that's my advice. Yeah. Uh, I've given a lot of unsolicited advice so far. I think the last bit I would say is, um, I mean, I could say something pithy about like, you know, love yourself or this kind of stuff, which is not bad advice. But I I think that a lot of the incel people hear that repeatedly and they're like, well, I've tried and that hasn't worked. Uh, so if I, if you remember yeah, one, <laughs> if you, if you remember one thing, yeah, if you remember one thing, but it's such a hard thing to attain. You well, know? it's a lifelong goal for everyone. Yeah. But it, if if I was to give one piece of advice, I, I think I, I think I would boil it down to this. As I've said before, get out of the propaganda bubble. One, two, uh, talk to someone about this who doesn't give you simple answers and is not in the incel red pill community. If you can. Get support, talk, you know, talk with somebody or talk with a group of people, you know, like a mentor, a minister, a brother, a friend, someone on the internet, me, a therapist, you know, go to that person and just be like, I'm lonely, I'm hurt, I I really want to have sex with somebody, or I really want to meet a companion and have a girlfriend, uh, and just start process. And if they have easy answers, then move on to the next person. Find someone who does. Who is just like, okay, let's talk about it. You know what? Yeah. Let's problem solve. Let's figure this out. You know, uh, because there's an answer. There is someone out there for you. Right. Just saying that isn't going to make it happen. And right. you just believing that doesn't make it. It's going to happen. There is probably something about your personality. That is making it much harder for you than it is for other people. It's not because of feminism. It's right. probably because of something that, that is inadvertent, completely not your fault, about the way that you are that can be changed or accounted for or directed or matched up with the right person. There's a way. In the same way that my friend Chris we problem solved, and I don't know if any of our problem solving helped him, but it, you know, 
eventually things worked out. Things can work out. Things usually do work out. I have seen people who are so untraditionally attractive, shall we say, they have nothing traditionally attractive about them, nothing mainstream attractive about them. And they find somebody and they find love and companionship and sex and gratification. And that is available, you know, and the, by being in the echo chamber of incel MGTOW and believing what they're telling you in particular, it keeps you in there. And that makes me sad because you deserve better than that. Look, even Brad Pitt could find a date. That does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it.